0: More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Today on More to Life, are we there yet? Does change feel like it's taking a long time? Feeling frustrated in certain areas of your life or relationships? Let us help you get to where you need to be. Give us a call, 877-573-7825. Everyone they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body uh, reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do
2: to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant.
1: Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak.
2: And I'm Lisa Popchak.
1: And today our show is titled, Are We There Yet? That famous phrase uttered from the back seat of the car, wondering when are we going to get where we're meant to go. And we're talking about that <laughs> because we're discussing sort of the, the tendency for us to lose patience with ourselves and others, especially when we're trying to make change and we just feel frustrated at how long it's taken to get where we want to be. So if you're feeling that these days, maybe a little frustrated or stuck or losing patience with yourself or others, if you'd like to make some change in, in an area of your life or relationships, but feel a little irritated with the lack of progress, let us help you make those changes you're longing for. And discover how to enjoy the journey in the process give us a call at 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825
2: well you know we're using this this title of are we there yet because as you're saying you know it's a cry of impatience of trying to get where we're going but the problem is you're right it usually comes from the back seat and then it makes the people in the front seat driving even more impatient because they're <laughs> barely holding on too, right? And so when we when we start to lose our patience about a situation, it, it really can double the amount of pain we're going through, of frustration we're going through, and it can rob our ability to cope with the original situation that we're trying to deal with from us because then suddenly all our efforts are put on, but it's never going to happen. When is this finally going to change? I'm not going to get there. I don't have the strength. And the, the, the talk in our minds begins to undermine the goal that we're trying to reach. And the whole thing, just like when your kids are whining from the backseat, maybe some of you are going to go through that this coming weekend if you're taking a drive somewhere for the holiday weekend. It just it just depletes everything. It takes all of your energy away. So if you're dealing with that idea of, I have been coping with this person, this situation, this thing I want to change about myself for longer than I seem to have the stamina for. And I just don't know. I don't know how to get to
1: where I want to go with this whole thing. And I'm losing patience with me, with them, and the situation. And
2: the whole darn the whole darn ball of wax. And if that's driving you a little bit crazy today, we can give you brand new tools, re up your stamina, and help you take those next steps in the journey. We'll kind of be your emotional GPS in all of this today if you give us a call at 877 573
1: 573 7825. You know, speaking of patience, I, I want to gonna start by defining our terms here because it seems to me um that a lot of people think that what patience means is just passively waiting around for things to change and that is not what the virtue of patience is patience is not passivity patience is the virtue that helps us find the middle way between passivity and reactivity mm-hmm. so worth passivity we just sort of close our eyes and bow our heads and and hope to god that this thing will just take care of itself in time we don't do anything about it we just suffer it that's not patience <laughs> um reactivity on the other side is where we just have to do something i don't care i, I just have to do something anything to make it better it doesn't matter whether it's going to work or not it just matters that i'm busy making myself feel like i'm doing something patience is the middle road between passivity and reactivity. It's it's the virtue that allows us to act intentionally and thoughtfully, and then step back and see what fruit that effort is producing so we can figure out what the next step is. You know, in scriptures, the 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 image that the Bible often uses to describe patience is that of the farmer. You know, the farmer doesn't just throw seeds out there and hope something grows. He works hard to produce a crop, but he has to be patient Mm -hmm. to see what fruit that effort is producing. And in that process, while he's looking, he decides when to fertilize and when to water and when to weed and, and when to harvest. But it's an active process. Patience is an active process. He's not just passively hoping his crops will grow. He's not just reactively going out and doing stuff because the crops haven't grown yet. He's patiently and thoughtfully putting himself to the task so that God can bring fruit out of that effort. And that's what patience allows us to do. It doesn't just cause us to sort of stay back and shake our heads at the stupid people around us or the frustrating things going on uh, or all the things we're irritated about in our own lives and say, I just have to be patient, which really means I just have to put up with it. That's not what that means. It means identifying the problems in our life and relationships, making a plan, praying about it, taking steps to address it, but doing it in a thoughtful way that allows us to also step back and say, what's working? What needs to be worked on? What's my next step? So that God can inform all of my efforts and produce good fruit in it all that's that process we're talking about today so if you're losing patience with yourself with others or a situation if you're frustrated at the time it's taking to make that particular change let us help you approach that effort in a more thoughtful way in a more productive way so that all that hard work can really pay off and you can let up on yourself and everybody else in the process <laughs> and maybe even enjoy the journey 877-573-7825 again that's 877-573-7825 let's take our concerns to the Lord and then we'll start taking your calls in the name of the and Father, Father and, and the, the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen Lord Jesus Christ we come into your presence and we bring to you all those people situations and even those parts of ourselves That we're losing patience with those situations where we would like to make change but are frustrated with how long it's taking or the lack of progress or even just feeling stuck help us Lord to have a true spirit of patience one that rejects the temptation to passivity to just passively stand by and hope that things will be different without us doing anything. Or, on the other hand, reactivity where we just do things whether they'll really produce effort or not. Help us to be truly patient by being thoughtful about the efforts that we make, about bringing those efforts to you so that you can bless them and multiply them like you multiply the loaves and the fishes, so that Together with your grace, all the things we do will produce good fruit in our lives and in our relationships, so that you can be glorified in everything that we do. We ask all this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name of the 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 Father, Father, and the the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great, pray for us. Today on More to Life, we are talking about... Patience, And specifically, the the impatience and frustration we feel when change isn't happening the way we like, when people aren't acting the way we wished, when we aren't changing as fast as we want. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Let us help you make those changes and maybe even enjoy the process. 877 573 7825.
2: We're talking now with Melissa, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Colorado.
1: Hi, Melissa. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on?
3: Oh, I am always so thrilled. It's like issues come up, and then I turn you guys on, and you're just awesome. And the reason I love it mostly is because the issue is such that you have it on your podcast, where the person I'm speaking about can go listen to because, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm <laughs> mom, and it's it's a different thing coming from somebody else. So, sure.
2: well, thank you daughter, so much for your kind words. Ha. Thank you for your kind I'm words. Sorry, we I... really appreciate it.
3: Well, yes, it's great. But anyway, my 27 year old daughter. Um, you know, wants to live that virtuous life and has been waiting for Mr. Wright to come along and she's been dating and seems she does deal with some anxiety, so she's medicated for that. Um she's I will say she's kinda unhappy in her job right now and love to would love to see that change, but with COVID forget that idea. But she met a man three, four months ago who seems to be a very wonderful guy. They seem to be a good um couple. But of course, at this point now, she's impatient with some of his um, things, you know, little things that bother her. And just last night, she called me and she's like, oh, this is starting to drive me nuts. What do I do? And I kind of will say, I think she brings a little fear to the page about maybe revealing a a lot of herself to somebody being intimate enough with somebody and um so some of what you've just talked about and prayed about was like exactly what i've sort of been talking to her about but don't just sit back and let it happen but then don't overreact you have to put it to prayer and be patient
1: can you give me some examples so, of when you say that she's irritated about these little things? Like like what? What kinds of little things is she irritated well, about? Well,
3: one thing she brought up last night is, you know, as they started dating, the whole um, paying for things, you know, every other time you go out, this person pays and that person pays. And, and they agreed to that kind of split in the thing. But I guess now she's kind of into it where she thinks, it, it, it maybe more like her traditional father who would always kind of offer to pay for everything kind of thing. She wants him to step up to the plate and do that. And so does she speak to that it's those sorts of maybe preconceptions she has that somebody should behave a certain way and when they don't it eats at her. Okay. And you know that it, and it's like you know the log in the eye and the splinter in the eye and how do you go about addressing these little things that maybe are of this generation hmm. and she may not be quite fully of this generation
1: well, let me let me let me jump to let me jump to that cuz we're running out of time, but I want to I want to I get an idea of what you're talking about. So, so rather than either uh, when it comes to these sort of irritations, whether we're talking about your daughter or anybody else for that matter, especially irritations in a relationship, you know, rather than either kind of dismissing it when somebody else brings it to us or us even dismissing it as as silly or ridiculous whenever we feel it, what the first step we need to do is kind of Kind of bring it to God and say, "Okay, God, help me understand what this means to me," because I think that's really what it's all about, right? You, you don't, you can't go to the other person and just sort of tell them, "Well, I prefer you to behave this way as opposed to that way." That ends up being kind of controlling, right? But what you can do is say, "You know, when you do thus and such, it, it it means this to me, and is that what you're trying to communicate?" um And then, if not, then you can either clarify it or you can come up with a different way to handle it. So for instance, let's just for the sake of argument, say that, and I don't know that this is true, so I'm just really just putting it out there. Let's just for the sake of argument, say that what it means to your daughter that her boyfriend isn't paying for everything is that he's not really serious about the relationship, right? I don't, again, I don't know if that's what it means. I'm just saying for the sake of argument, let's say that. You know. If she goes to him and says you know it really irritates me that you're not paying for everything she could come off as kind of greedy right or selfish but if she comes to her boyfriend and says you know, I don't know how to take it that we're still splitting things. You know, uh, it it sort of says to me on some level that maybe we're not as serious as I'd like us to be. Where are we at in this relationship? Mm, Right, and then she's having the conversation that she wants to have. So my suggestion to you, Melissa, and if your daughter listens to the podcast, would be to sort of step back and, and, and look at that irritation in terms of what it means to her. What's the story she's telling herself in her head about that thing she's irritated about? What's that deeper need she's trying to address? Once she's identified that in prayer, then go to the boyfriend and have a real conversation about it so that they can address their expectations, kind of clarify their intentions, and make a plan for addressing it instead of polarizing a thing about, should I behave this way or should I behave that way? Or you, on the other hand, trying to tell her to you know calm down and, and not be worried about this or that. Help her figure out what it means to her that that thing is happening and then maybe coach her on how to bring it up in a forthright way that allows them to actually address the concern i hope those suggestions will, will get you started and that uh, when your daughter listens to the podcast um, that, that she can be encouraged by this but if either of you need more support beyond that don't hesitate to reach out to us here on the program we'd be happy to help you out further 877 we're talking about the frustration we feel when the changes we're trying to make in our life in our relationships and ourself aren't happening as well as we would like and how we tend to feel impatient and frustrated and irritated how do we make change in an efficient way how do we back off on ourselves and others and actually maybe enjoy the process of making the change let's talk it out together Eight seven seven five seven three. Seven eight, two five. again, that's eight seven seven, five seven three, seventy eight, twenty five when we come back. Father Thomas Loya from the Tabor Life Institute will be joining us to reflect a little bit more on ways that we can overcome impatience. Stick around for that and more of your calls when more to life continues after the break.
0: From Rome to your home, EWTN's Vatican Bureau lets you watch all of the important events from Rome, even if you don't have a TV. Using the latest technology, we've made it possible to watch the latest news from the Holy See, all delivered directly to your home. Watch live on EWTN YouTube and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network.
3: This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter.
1: CMF Curo is the Catholic health care option you've been searching for. From concierge service to ethical consultations to partnerships with one of the nation's largest health sharing ministries, CMF Curo offers a pro-life, Catholic approach to your overall health and well-being. Find out today if CMF Curo is right for you. Call 833-GET-CURO. That's 833-G-E-T-C-U-R-O or visit MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Underwritten in part by this not for profit Are you looking for peace?
4: Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB.
5: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and I'm Lisa Popcheck, and you're listening to the best
1: of More to Life.
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and we are taking your calls today on our show titled "Are We There Yet?" talking about the impatience we feel when change isn't happening the way we wish it was in ourselves in our life in our relationships if you're looking to make a change and particularly if you're frustrated with the lack of progress in that part of your life. Let's talk it out, find some ways forward, and also discover how to enjoy that journey as well. 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Father Thomas Loya. He is a pastor, a counselor, an artist, and an expert on the theology of the body. He's the founder of the Tabor Life Institute, and he's here to uh, share with us how we can overcome that temptation to impatience. Father Loya, welcome to More to Life.
4: Thank you. I've been waiting patiently to get on the program. I'm happy to be here.
1: (laughs) And we have been waiting patiently for you to share your wisdom with us on how to overcome impatience. We were talking earlier in the program about how patience is sort of that virtue that finds that middle way between passivity and reactivity that allows us to be thoughtful as opposed to just kind of sticking our hands in our pockets and hoping things will change or doing anything, whether it's actually helpful or not. But speak to us about impatience. Where does that factor in?
4: Yes. Well, you said a key word here, Doctor Gregory and Lisa. You said the word virtue. Uh, all my years as a priest, I would say one of, if not the most commonly confessed sin, where people bring to me as a sin, especially parents, is impatience. So I have to conclude that it's one of the most elusive virtues, at least the, the hardest, one of the hardest to hardest to master. So I think people need to take heart and be patient with themselves about patience. But I think that what I what I try to Offer to people, especially parents with children, all that is that try not to try not to look at things and expect them on your terms or in your timeline. Have hopes, have a plan, as you're saying here in the program. You know, have, be active, proactive, have a thoughtful action, hopes, common vision but not expectations. I think that's the key. See, expectations is kind of rooted in a narcissism actually, because we want everything and that person, our kids, the driver in front of us who's driving too slow, we want it all on our terms. And that's what then brings us to that anger, that impatience but if we back off there and say look we're not in control we'll do what we can we'll be active not passive but we won't have an expectation and realize that patience is a virtue that is it's very difficult to master we have to keep at it uh, because it's so deeply rooted in you know we want what we want on our terms As parents especially with children something like that they want that i told you to do this and they didn't obey so they get angry they get impatient well, you can't always expect the, the child to act exactly as you want when you want, although you do teach them the virtue. You try to um, you know, bring them up correctly, but don't have expectation. Have plan and hope, but don't expect it to go on your terms and your timeline. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what you I know, that, well, know.
1: and I, you know, we, we used the metaphor of, uh, or we, we alluded to the scriptural metaphor of the farmer right, um, who, who you know, does have a plan for raising his crops, uh, you know, he, he, he watches how they're coming up, so he knows when to fertilize and when to water and when to weed and when to harvest, you know, so he's got a plan, and he's being proactive, but he's got to watch and and see what information he's getting to know how to respond next, and it seems to me that that's what patience is really all about, and what you're talking about here is, you know, y- y- the farmer can't go out there and start yelling at the weed, yelling at the plants because they haven't come up fast enough, and they haven't come up than just making himself crazy. But having a plan and trusting that God is working in that plan is, is the key to what I think you're talking about.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And in that parable of the sower, we have to remember that only one out of four of the, of the seeds made it. You know, and that's another lesson for us about patience, and that's what God is trying to tell us. Look, sow the seeds, do what you have to, but realize that it's not all going to happen as you want it, as you'd hope. But something will happen, and you just keep trying.
1: And if we go where he blesses the effort, then that shows us the next step to take and the next step to take and the next step to take after that. And this way, we're working together with God. And I guess patience essentially is that virtue that allows us to actually cooperate with grace in an active way instead of just yeah, sitting around and cer- hoping things will
4: happen. God is certainly patient with us.
1: <laughs> Amen. Amen. I can't think of a better way to go out than just to hold on to that. If God is patient with us. Let's try to be patient with ourselves and others as well. If folks would like to learn more about Father, Loya's good work, they can go to taborlife.org. That's T A B O R life.org. Father Thomas Loya, thank you so much for being with us today, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And we're talking with you today about the challenge of making change and the frustration and impatience we often experience as we are trying to make that change. You know, the theology of the body reminds us that life is all about growth, of course. And in everything we do, we're we're called to be receptive to what God is asking us to do. And inevitably, that means looking for small changes we can make every day so that we can become the people God wants us to be. You know, it can be frustrating to see how long real change can take, but beating up on ourselves doesn't make change happen any faster. Our job is to do our best to make those small, thoughtful changes Father Loy was talking about happen every day and trust that God will multiply our efforts, just like he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. Cooperating with grace doesn't mean doing it all by ourselves. It means doing what we can reasonably do, and then waiting on the Lord to guide each step. And that is the process of patience. Again, that middle way between passivity, where we just sort of stick our hands in our pockets and say, oh, I'm just gonna be patient and I hope this works out. That's, that's not patience, that's passivity. God does not call us to that. On the other hand, we've got reactivity. Where we're like, I've gotta do something, anything, anything to make it work, ah! Oh. <laughs> you know, and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off, doing things that may or may not produce any kind of result
2: and actually undermine the energy we can put into getting that result
1: exactly patience on the other hand is that active virtue that allows us to make a plan like father loyal was saying be intentional about our efforts but then step back and see what's happening we plant the seed and then we look at it (laughs) and say does the seed need to be watered does it need to be fertilized does we Do we need to weed? Maybe do we just need to leave the thing alone for a day and see what happens so that God can guide our next step. Patience is that active process that allows us to cooperate with God's grace until the plan reaches its fulfillment. Well, that's what we want to help you do on More to Life today. If you're looking to make a change, if you're feeling a little frustrated with yourself or others as that change is taking too long, Let us help you make those changes you're longing for and somehow enjoy the journey as well. 877-573-7825. More to life. We'll be back right after this.
2: Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Suffering in the world, personal suffering, one of the biggest things that keeps people from really giving themselves over to the Lord or joining an organized religion. Suffering doesn't seem to make sense. Why do children suffer? Why are there wars? Why is there persecution? Why are some people poor, others rich? Why is there such an imbalance? And on and on and on. A loving God wouldn't do that. Well, God doesn't do that. First of all, we did it to ourselves because in the beginning, right, we chose incorrectly. And then sin came into the world. It was not supposed to be like this but God gives us free will. He does not want to force himself on us because otherwise we would be puppets. But how many of us can look back and forget what came out of a particular hard time? You don't learn really good, strong lessons when everything is going great. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio, Weekdays,
4: 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
0: Catholic Women Now hosts Julie Nelson and Chris Magruder speak to what's on the hearts and minds of women, covering all things in light of the Catholic faith. You can hear Catholic Women Now as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNradio.net slash podcasts today.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, And I'm Lisa Popcheck, And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popchak. One of the biggest challenges facing newly married couples is when you have your first or your next baby. Here are three steps to help you work out this question together. Step one, ask yourself, what does God want? God has a plan for your family, and the closer you follow God's will, the happier you'll be. Pray about it as a couple, consistently and openly. Step two, practice what the church calls Responsible Parenthood. Openness to life doesn't mean just openness to conception, it also means meeting the true needs of the children you have. Ask God if you have the emotional, relational, and temporal resources to raise another child happily in his love. And step three, always stay open to what God wants to give. Even if you've discerned that this isn't the time for a baby, avoid the attitude of we're done. Fertility is a gift. Don't block God's gifts with artificial means. For more guidance on Catholic family planning, visit moretoliferadio.com.
2: Welcome back to More to Life. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and
1: I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and our show today is titled, Are We There Yet? As we talk about the changes we all want to make in our life and relationships, and the frustration we often feel with either how long that change is taking or how difficult it is, we're going to help you make those changes more efficiently and, hey, maybe even enjoy the process for bonus points. What do you think? Eight seven seven five seven three. 7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825.
2: Let's talk now with Diana, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida.
1: Hi there, Diana. Welcome to More to Life.
6: Hi, yes. Good morning. So, when I heard you talking about um, all these impatient um, problems that we have in life, that we're not patient enough with uh, things. And I heard you talking about somebody in the in the back seat. I was thinking, I was thinking about my mom, because I'm married, <clears throat> and um, but she never really liked my husband. But we decided to go married because we've been together for a long time, and we have a child. And I understand he's, uh, you know, his downfalls, and he, you know, I'm not perfect. But um, I always have my mom in the past telling me, "Why don't you just do more? Why don't you just tell him to?" Be this or this way. Um, like, let's say things in the house because she helps me a lot. And um, sometimes we, you know, usually I'm hard to remind him on things like, hey, you, we need because you need this fixed, or remember the garbage days today, or mm-hmm. um, remember to put your clothes away. Um, Don't leave me stuff in the living room because it's clutter, and, and I have to put it away from you. So it will be helpful you help me you know, stuff like that. And so yesterday I went to pick up my son because so he couldn't from therapy, he's autistic. And they, the therapist was saying, I asked the therapist, is my, um, is my husband still giving my son fries because I try not to give him junk food? And the therapist said, yeah, he gives it to me every time that he comes with, his, with your son. And I got mad because we agreed that he wasn't going to do that anymore. So I was really upset yesterday because I was disappointed you know, I feel disappointed that he said he wasn't going to do that. And then when I asked him yesterday night, because I did send him a test message, that I was so upset that I was about to, like, just let everything everything go and just, I don't know, even divorcing. I don't know. I was just so upset. And I go through that a lot, you know, to all this anxiety and stuff like that and upsetting. Okay. Um, so I don't know what to do, you know, because he said he didn't, and, and I said, "Well, boy, it's time to say That you, you gave him this, you know, and you say and you're not. So who's lying?" He said, I, "I swear I didn't. I'm not doing this. I'm not giving him those fries anymore." And I'm like, "Okay." So I don't know what to do. I don't so what know. are we talking about here? We got so you got you brought.
1: Lindsay, uh or Diana, excuse me, you, you you described a couple of different issues here. Okay, so the first one being yeah. that that he's not helping out around the house as much as you'd like, um, and f- and you're frustrated with how to kind of tell him all the time what he needs to do. And then the other thing is that you know he, there's this, this situation with your son where you're you're trying to watch his diet, especially because he has these developmental delays and how the food affects him. Um, and you know you feel like your husband is undermining that. So what is which which of those two do you want us to focus on here?
6: Either one. <laughs> I think I think uh, that last lesson, I was really upset about that. So I think that was what really upset me uh, about him not following through.
1: And, and uh, so so, so does he follow through in general? Or was that what you were trying he to or say? In or anything right?
6: else. I can tell you, he's, he's trying. Like, let's say he didn't even, you used to go to math at all, and he goes to, be, which he's been going with me for two years. And I don't know if he takes it seriously or not, but... Um, I feel like maybe that's a start, and that's why I got married because I thought maybe it was a light at the end of the tunnel Okay, and so
1: but change. so so in so but in general, if he says he's going to do something, he, do you see like he? Do you feel like he, he does, does it. it? He
6: does it. So, it takes time. It takes. So a while. what's the
1: issue here with the food then? Why 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 do you think that that he might have uh, kind of undermined you on that?
6: Because he says, it's, it's, I'm, I'm too strict with that, that, um, that is, it, it doesn't matter if he does take these things or eats this stuff, that it's okay. That, and I say, well, it's okay once in a while, just, you know, but if you do it every week, then maybe it will be a problem because it's not good food for him. You know, I try to always keep everything healthy. So uh, let's say that's the problem. Uh, he thinks that I'm controlling, that I'm always saying those things, you know, are, um she always he always says I'm the dictator in the house. But I said, well, what do you tell people that? When do you tell them that I pack your All lunch right. every day and you're rapist every day and right. you know that I care for you.
1: So, so look, okay. I mean, what what, what, you know, what what's happening here is that you know you're describing you know when you when you say you know I go to that I go to that place a lot where I threaten divorce or I get upset and anxious. Well, at least and I, think
2: about it. Yeah. So, so so what I'm hearing is that that you. You kind of are, are keeping this, this running tally of the times where you have to be the one to keep him on task, and it's frustrating. It builds up, and you, you go to this emotional level where it's like it's everything at once, and you just feel like there's no way out, but just out.
1: And you both react to each other. Exactly. Okay. Your reaction is to go to that place where you know it, it's catastrophic. And, you know, you, you become very emotional, you threaten divorce. You, or at you know, least you think get,
2: it in your mind, yeah.
1: He reacts by being sneaky and, and, not, and not following through. He's passive aggressive. He doesn't follow through on chores. He undermines you with these things. The problem is you guys aren't having honest, grown-up conversations about this stuff.
2: And the, I can tell you that the, the, the sort of punctuation mark at the end of that that lets us know that is when you say to us, well, he's going to Mass now. But I don't know if he's taking it seriously or not, which means you're not having real conversations. You're not being partners in forming your life together. You're not praying together on a daily basis, talking about what your faith development is like together, sharing God or or how to raise your son together. You've kind of put your, your territories up. And and you tell him what to do in the territories you think he can you control, and he kind of just passively does his his ter- ter- territories, and you're not being partners in, in what you're doing. So, so it's frustrating both of you.
1: For instance, the way that well, the way I'd like to see this go, is, let's let's go back to the chores thing, since they they're kind of they're related. Um, you know, I'd like for the two of you to sit down and come up with a um, work ritual. Uh, for example, a time where every day, you know, you're going to both for the next 15, 20 minutes, whatever, do stuff. That, how, that needs to be done around the house. Like you were
2: saying, you know, pick up your clothes, tidy up the living room. Okay, we're setting the timer for 20 minutes. Let's all just kind of get together here and pick up the living room and then we'll pick up the bedroom. And you're doing it as as a
1: team. But And you create a ritual where you do that together. So you're not having to keep up the emotional labor of trying to keep track of what needs to be done. Is it being done, reminding him that, to do it, following up on this, making sure that he did it. It's the two of you are in it together where you've made a plan, uh, and you're working together for a particular period of time to do certain things that need to be done. Um, same thing with, with your son, having a conversation about this, not just an argument about it, but, but really exploring it together saying, listen, honey, I, I understand that you don't see it the same way that I do. So let's read some things together and really talk about what we want to do together to be the best parent for our son. And you listen to him, and he listens to you, and you actually make a plan. Now, if what I'm describing here sounds great, but, but you're not sure how to pull it off, well, then that's where you need some professional help to start learning how to communicate more effectively with each other and actually respect each other instead of reacting to each other. But the problem here is, again, you know, you, you guys are creating this monster together. You can't trust him, but he would probably say he can't trust you to to not be reactive the way you are. So, you know, it, not, and neither one of you is behaving in, an, in, a, in a response. Responsible grown-up manner, right? So instead of being able to address your concerns in a direct and calm way, where you're making plans and finding solutions, you're becoming hysterical. Instead of him coming to you and addressing concerns in a calm, respectful, solution-focused way, he's being childish and passive. Um, You you both have some growing up to do. You
2: know, it happens. We all really come into adulthood without a whole lot of skills. You know, suddenly we hit 18, 25, 30 and we're like, "Wait a minute, you know, where when's mom and dad going to come over and take care of things? When when's the teacher going to come and tell us what to do?" We all kind of grow into this slowly. And so it's just God's way. your, your discomfort is God's way of saying, "Hey, Hold on a second, Diana. We just need to take a little time here and learn a new skill so that we can take you to the next step in becoming the man and woman of God I want you to be. It's not a condemnation of you. We've all been there. And then we get uncomfortable enough that we have to figure out the next step and learn the new skill. So that's all this really is, is that your discomfort, your frustration with the situation is really the Holy Spirit just tapping you on the shoulder and saying, guess what? I'm inviting you to a brand new way of doing this marriage by learning a few skills that'll have you guys working more closely together and with me, the Holy Spirit is saying, so that you can both have more joy and be more the people that I want you to become.
1: So Diana, I hope that you'll take these suggestions to heart. Um, And We talk more about how to communicate the way I'm describing in our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Again, that's How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. I'd really love for the two of you to read it together, Um, take the quizzes in there. It identifies eight habits that healthy couples practice in their marriage, but they're habits that any couple can learn. We walk through it step by step, and I think it'll be a great help to you. Again, that's... How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. It's available at catholiccounselors.com. We're taking your calls today about dealing with the frustration and impatience we feel with making change in ourselves, in our life, in our relationships. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. As we head to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from James 5, verses 7 and 8
2: see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains you also be patient James 5 7, 8
1: and again you know, as we've been talking about through the program here being patient does not mean just passively accepting what's coming down the road or or not you
2: know. doing anything like this farmer had to wait for the harvest but like as you were saying earlier he still had to pick out what he wanted to grow he had to plan out the plot of land and how it was going to be arranged he had to till the soil he had to plant the seeds nobody can look out of their you know their front window in the morning and say, gee, I'd really like an apple orchard out there by the time, you know, apple season rolls around in a couple of weeks here, so, you know, God, you just do I that. hope it
1: happens. I hope it <laughs> happens.
2: I'm re- I am hope really hard. I'm going to tell God to do it and then be frustrated with God or, or life when it doesn't happen. There are things that we actively need to participate in when God gives us the, the, the spark to do something or want something.
1: So being patient doesn't mean just putting up with it or just you know, hoping things will change, that's passivity. Patience, again, like the farmer, is doing the work that God gives you to do to make the change happen, but then stepping back once in a while and seeing the effect that your effort is having and identifying the next steps in the plan. So as James reminds us, be like that farmer. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient James chapter 5 verses 7 and 8 we're talking about how to make change and be patient with ourselves and others today on more to life the number to call 877-573-7825 we'll be back with more of your calls coming up after the break this Ave Maria program is brought to you by the
0: following weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of our biblical faith heroes Abraham Isaac Jacob King David and Jesus. From sponsored TVN with host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo comes a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. In theater September 18th and 19th, it's Route 60, the biblical highway. Information in Route60.movie. That's Route60.movie.
5: If we think like children, can we get a better workout? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. For many of us, getting a workout means going for a run, lifting weights, or doing some push-ups. But are we having fun doing any of those things? Many experts suggest that we need to incorporate play and fun into our workouts, just like when we were kids. We got plenty of exercise, climbing trees, playing ball, or chasing a friend. Now some personal trainers are incorporating childlike routines in their planned workouts to keep things fresh and filled with fun. The experts suggest that we want Watch kids at play and mirror their exercise. Kids don't usually run for miles and miles. They run, stop, jump, and play. Then they do it again. They mix things up. They laugh. They still sweat and they still get out of breath. They get a good workout. We can do the same. For more on playful workouts, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net.
0: Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot?
2: Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popcheck.
1: I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck. Our show today is titled, Are We There Yet? As we talk about the frustration and impatience we often feel with the process of making change in our life and in our relationships. Let's talk it out, 877-573-7825.
2: Let's talk now with Lindsay, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Nebraska.
1: On Spirit Catholic Radio. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to More to Life. What's going on?
7: Good morning. Um, I guess my biggest concern right now is my five-year-old daughter. I have five kids, all ages from two to nine, but she just is the one that I tend to struggle with the most. Okay. I guess. So.
1: So what's going on?
7: Um, we. We started school three weeks ago, and I thought, you know, maybe things will get better, right? Be passive about it. Just let it go. And she's been coming home with, like, things in her school bag that don't belong to her, and I asked the teacher about it, and she said, no, nobody's saying that they're missing things, but yet I know they're not hers, I guess. And and then there's other times we go to people's houses, and she'll take little toys that are theirs and then tries lying line about it, I guess. It's kind of one of my concerns to start with with her of how to handle it in a better way to see some results. So you, you, uh,
1: mentioned, you mentioned that, but you also mentioned that, that, that she's got some anger stuff that, that you're concerned about, and, I, and I'm just trying to see if there's a yeah, connection here. Yeah, like so the I'm other night,
7: through. we got home, home from school, and we didn't get to stay at this friend's house. We dropped off um, after school, and um, they had things going on, so we came home, but she was so angry about it, and I couldn't get her to just sit in a room and calm down, so I said, you're going to sit on the front porch, so I just kind of... Shut her outside for a few minutes and was watching through the kitchen window and she like turned on the water outside and started digging up grass making mud and like trying to scratch the paint on the door like if I leave her alone and ignore her, I guess thinking yeah. that she's gonna calm down and so okay. it's like one thing kind of feeds off so here's, and I'm not really I do sure. think there's
1: a connection here and let me let me let me let me see if I, I can't connect some dots uh, you know some kids come into what's called self-regulation, the ability to calm themselves down a little later than others. And some kids need a little more help than others. That process of self-regulation isn't just a psychological process. It's a physical one where I have to consciously be able to kind of talk myself down mentally and then have that conversation slow my heart rate, slow my respiration, lower my body temperature. That requires a lot of neurological wiring up that usually happens in the first three or four years of life but for some kids for some reasons take a little longer and need a little more help and it sounds like your daughter is is one of those kids who might need a little bit more help in learning how to to engage in self-regulation
2: and that doesn't mean she's woefully behind in this The the church itself and i mentioned this yesterday doesn't consider the age of reason to kick in till we're seven years old. That is why we do not make our sacraments till we're seven years old, because we can reason, we can think, we can understand. And as as children are growing through the zero to seven process, the church teaches us to teach our children, to form our children, to disciple our children. And that's the same in the daily con- self-control concepts we have to deal with at home as well. It's not just about our faith. It's about helping our children learn to regulate themselves.
1: The other thing is, um, so kids under that age, that Lisa was just talking about here, often struggle to understand, for example that they're lying when they're telling an untruth okay so for example a a five-year-old might be beating on the table and driving you crazy and you say stop beating on the table and they say i'm not beating on the table because in their mind they're playing drums Mm -hmm. okay and they don't understand why you can't see that they're playing drums right and then you say well they're lying to me there it's a bald-faced lie well no same thing with the stealing thing okay um uh, sometimes kids her age will see something and they 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 think well why can't i have it <laughs> you know, they don't really understand actions and consequences they don't understand really seven what feeling so. is uh, now so what i'm going to connect the dots here uh, between those two things specifically you got a little girl there who doesn't feel listened to okay who doesn't know that she can come to mom or dad and say i'm really having a hard time with x and know that she's going to be heard and and really helped through it she's getting the message that she's supposed to figure it out for herself so when she's sitting on the stoop she's trying to calm herself down by making mud pies and playing in the water you know when she sees a, a toy that she wants she's not sure that she can ask for it or knows how to deal with that so she just takes it and deals with it herself you're 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 unintentionally
2: unintentionally. and
1: implicitly sending her the message it's her job to to fix stuff for herself and she's not able to do that my suggestion to you instead of timeouts she needs time ins she needs time to sit with you um and and just cuddle with her a little bit when she's getting upset and say okay honey help me understand what's bothering you now let's talk through how to handle that better and then when when she's calm rehearse with her, but don't rush that okay take the extra minute or two just to sit with her just to stroke her back hold her close to you let your body speak to her body your slower heart rate will help her heart rate slow down your slower respiration will help her respiration slow down your body temperature will help her regulate her body temperature which then helps her (sighs) calm down a little bit, be able to hear what you have to say. And at that point you can say, well, so tell me what's got you all worked up. And you talk through that and then you identify, well, you know what, what if you tried this next time? Let's practice that. And then maybe you can be the sibling that was giving her a hard time, or you can say, "Now I want you to imagine that you really want that toy. Okay, instead of taking it, what could you do? And you talk her through what else to do instead. And you really are discipling her. Into Managing her emotions and managing her impulses more effectively.
2: The other thing is please don't only do this time in Situation when there's something wrong because if you do that's gonna teach her She gets time with mom to be calm when something's wrong So actually build in little rituals throughout your day That lets her calm down and be with you even if she's already calm So when you wake the kids up in the morning, especially for her, you don't want to just be like Saying, all right, everybody get up, we gotta you know, because you've got a lot of kids. She's definitely a child, and each of your children need this. For you to get up 15 minutes earlier and be able to go in and each one of them and say, Hey darling, how are you this morning? How how was your night? Did you have good dreams? Let's just take a Jeez. second and pray and give God your day. When she comes home from school, or all the kids come home from school, instead of just attacking the homework or everybody runs off in another direction. It's really important for moms to or dads to recollect their kids and say, let's all just sit down and have a drink right now, a cool drink or a warm drink, depending on the weather. And we spend time, you know, talking about the day, playing quiet, just, just, just music without words in the background. Maybe, depending on the age of your kids, even lighting a candle or an electric candle, giving that mood where they can go from, I'm overwhelmed to mom and home is a place where i can start to feel calm again if you do that then those times where you have to bring her in for time ins when things have escalated will go much quicker and make more sense to her and her whole system
1: the thing is you got a little one there who's got a big old case of middle child syndrome right You, you mentioned you mentioned you got kids down from nine down to two and she's not getting the help that she needs from you to self-regulate and talk through things. Um, She's getting lost in that shuffle. So she's figuring out stuff for herself in ways that are actually unproductive and unhealthy. The only way around that is to give her that time and attention that she needs and the guidance that she needs to figure it out. The other
2: thing here, Mama, is that you are probably feeling overwhelmed much of the time. And when when she needs something, you're probably going from like, I'm going fine through my day at like an emotional four or five to a seven or an eight pretty quickly because you're going to the here we go again. I really encourage you to build in times throughout your day where you can recollect. You know, when you ha- when you get up in the morning taking those extra few minutes to have a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee for a couple of minutes, at least get the first couple of sips in by yourself. Taking some time to pray quietly throughout the day. Getting some time for 15 or 20 minutes in the evening before you and your husband spend any time together. to Just Reorient yourself and have those mo- those moments to clear your mind. It's not only good for you; it's going to be able to be able to make you a better, more consistent, and peaceful mom for your kids as well. And then you'll feel better.
1: Lindsay, we talk more about these kinds of strategies in Parenting with Grace, the Catholic Parents' Guide to Raising Almost Perfect Kids. Really, talk about how bad behavior is the process of, of dysregulation and how to help kids get back to a place of regulation and connection so that you can disciple them to healthier uh, behaviors. Again, that's. Parenting with Grace, the Catholic Parent Guide to Raising Almost Perfect Kids. Check it out at CatholicCounselors.com. And that goes for you listeners as well. If you're listening and you're checking out, you want to check out the resources we've mentioned on the show today, whether that's Parenting with Grace or How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love or many other resources, you can come on over to CatholicCounselors.com and look them up. You can also learn more about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's telephone counseling practice where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor over the phone to transform your marriage, family, or personal life. That's CatholicCounselors.com. Get out there and celebrate the life that you were meant to live, folks, because with God's grace, there really is so much more to life. Have a blessed day.
2: been listening to more to life with dr greg and lisa popchek more to life is a co-production of ave maria radio and ewtn radio and is carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network our producer is dan mcgraw for copies of this program or for more information visit avemariaradio.net.